0: Hello, I'm Beatrice Valerie Nero, and you're listening to This is the Voice of the Prophet. I have walked in the office of the Prophet since God revealed the anointing he has placed on my life for close to 40 years. This podcast is a new territory that he has assigned me that I pray will be done as God ministers. The purpose of this podcast is to share the word of God in a prophetic way under the anointing of the Holy Ghost as he ministers and speaks to my spirit as to what he would have me to speak to the listeners, you, his sons and daughters. You can help and support this podcast by telling your families, friends, friends, co-workers, church members, and everyone you know about This is the Voice of the Prophet and how easy it is to tune in through any podcast server through this title. I also ask for your prayers. You can reach me with questions and comments by email at amiteagle at charter.net. That's A-M-I-T-E-E-A-G-L-E. At charter.net. And finally, you can always reach me at my website at www.ameeagle.com And remember, if for some reason the podcast doesn't come through to you through your text or email or however you're receiving it, you can always reach This is the Voice of the Prophet on any podcast server. Thank you and God bless you. Now let's get into the word that God has for us for this week. This week's episode is entitled Kizzy, and will be coming to you in two parts. So let's get this first part started. Everyone of my generation remembers the hit television series Roots, taken from the book by Alex Haley. That production kept black families as well as whites captivated for weeks. It actually may have been one of the earlier attempts to break the silence on racism. It did start some conversation, but unfortunately they didn't last. However, in the book, as well as the television rendition, it shared the story of Alex Haley's family going back as far as the young teenager Kunta Kinte being captured and brought into slavery here in America. It continued down through the lines, and there was a great, perhaps great-great-grandmother whose character was played by Leslie Uggams, and her name was Kizzy. Her father, played by John Amos, the older Kunta named her Kizzy because in his native language, the word meant stay put. Kizzy's mother had had children that she had previously given birth to who had been taken from her by her white owners and sold. This experience had left her broken and bitter until Kunta Kinte came along, and together they had the child Kizzy. Kizzy, stay put. That name was given to assure the mother that the child would stay put where she belonged. In the past weeks, I've been seeking our father for a release to move into another, perhaps genre or category, just something different from what I had started the podcast with. I wanted to move on from discussing the broken relationships in the church because of racism, along with the discussion of racism itself. I had a desire to discontinue the communications over the words and actions of those who call themselves Christians who are causing the body of Christ such embarrassment. I didn't want to talk about racism, prejudice, or the hatred and misunderstanding in the church anymore. I didn't want to talk about what's been ignored, denied, and excused while using the Word of God to accomplish it all. Instead, I wanted to be able to talk about the blessings, the joy, peace, and all of the happiness that will be ours as long as we obey our Heavenly Father. I wanted people to look forward to hearing these podcasts with the hope that they would make each of you happy and feel good while listening to the episodes. I wanted all these things because I believe this podcast, This is the Voice of the Prophet, is totally ordained and purposed to build and strengthen our relationship with God as well as one another. But yet, I wanted to leave from what I'd been doing and saying in order to go somewhere else to accomplish an assignment that perhaps God had not given me. As a young boy, Jesus didn't stay where people wanted, expected, or assumed he would stay, but in his own words, he stated that he had to be about his father's business. When Mary and Joseph thought and felt that surely he was with them on their return home from the festival. They thought surely he was with other family members or friends. He was where they wanted him to be. He was about his father's business. What I want more than anything is to be in my father's will and to be about his business. In order for that to be accomplished, I must stay put. Over the past few days, I've come to realize that it's as though our father is telling me, Kizzy, stay put. I will remain where my father has placed me, doing what he has instructed me to do. I truly believe that at least for the time being, I am am to continue on the path that has been set before me to bring about thought-provoking, conscious-searing, life-changing conversations, and for now, these conversations will continue to be on racism. It won't go away, and neither will I. There's a saying that I remember hearing the old folks say, a heap see, but a few know. In other words, a lot of people may see things, but they don't really know what's going on and what they're seeing. For the many, many years, while being a black woman, my ministry had been among predominantly white churches and ministries. For a period of time, those that called me to come into their meetings and congregations were nearly 90% white. It was these white men and women who respected me, loved me, treated me exceptionally well with honor and hung every word that came forth. Many of them would not only recommend me to other ministries, they themselves would call me back, inviting me again and again. During my time with so many of these churches and ministries, I truly believed that we had crossed all boundaries and barriers, and that included the racial ones as well. I am convinced that they also felt the same. And yet, with all that has occurred, and with such division over race, how could that be? I understand now that not all, but most of those relationships were based and continued on a level of comfort. Comfort is what has kept and allowed for the elephant in the room to remain. As long as no one had to face and deal with the issues of racism, there was a semblance of peace. There were relationships in which when and if something emerged that caused discomfort in uneasiness or embarrassment, it was immediately squashed or explained away. Because our flesh was enjoying the moments, we would not allow for the Holy Ghost to bring conviction where conviction was needed. And also... As God tells me now, the time for discussion had not yet come. In these relationships, for the most part, there was basically no topic or subject that was off bounds or untouchable. If, for some reason, race was mentioned, I was always able to say the right thing without causing anyone too much discomfort and at the same time retained my own honor, dignity, and respect. It wasn't a cop-out or avoidance, but truly it was God-given wisdom for the time of whatever was taking place. It was because he wanted me to remain in those particular realms, places, and lives of those particular people for that particular season. There was a purpose that he had ordained, and it had to be accomplished. Even when I saw or felt certain things indicating racism, I was able to give the benefit of the doubt, believing that their hearts were pure and that their characters and integrity was beyond reproach. I had confidence in each and every one of these people, ministries, and churches, that they would stand for truth and justice no matter what a person's skin color might be. I allowed myself to trust to a degree that I thought surely they would all be as outraged as I was over the racial injustices that had come to the forefront. I truly believe that for so many other blacks who have had their interracial relationships with other people as well as churches damaged or destroyed, this holds true for them as well. That trust and confidence would have remained if it had not been for the murders of those like George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and others that led to the summer riots. Those trust and confidence would have remained keeping us totally oblivious, foolish, ignorant to the racism if it had not been for the depths of these people. I could have continued with all of the relationships, friendships, and associations I had developed if I had kept my mouth closed and not stood up and spoken words of truth. If I had not said anything, spoken truths that destroyed the walls of our comfort zones, causing others to become uncomfortable to the point of anger, everything would have continued as it was. If the words spoken had not caused those in the body of Christ to reveal their true character and deep-rooted racism, the invitations, being the guest speaker, as well as the financial support, would not have stopped. All I had to do was just keep quiet and, along with everyone else, ignore the elephant in the room. However, for me, keeping quiet was not and is not an option, especially when I know that the things being spoken through me, I am clearly receiving from the Father. They were not words of anger, hatred, or vindictiveness, quite the opposite. They were merely words of truth. Change came and it came swiftly but I knew from what God has spoken to me at the end of 2019 that it was time for me as well as others to enter into new territories. Not only had seasons changed and ended, but entire territories were changed. There were times that I would truly feel dumb. Was it being dumb or just naive? I realize now that it was neither. There were things that God did not allow some of us to see for years and racism to the extent that it exists among certain churches and in certain people were some of them. He didn't allow us to see it because the time wasn't right that he was ready to deal with it. Personally, I wasn't oblivious to racism, but was just so sure that it wasn't an issue in the body of Christ because of the honor, integrity, and character that I had seen, at least on the surface, in the people and places that I frequented. I realize now that I had to remain where I was for all those years in order for me to know without a doubt that what God is dealing with and revealing in this season is the racism that's been there hidden all along. Maybe I was like the mother who loves her child so much that she just doesn't want to see the obvious. Obvious things like not being integrated. I realize now that many of the churches and ministries where I spoke were not integrated, but because that my picture or name was seen, black people would come to the services. Of course, with Blacks being seated with everyone else during the service when I was there, I assumed that they were members of the church and were welcome there. Like I said, sometimes I just feel so dumb. But again, was it being dumb or just trusting? Here I am again dealing with trust issues. However, as I've stated in the past, God always reminds me, don't worry about who I can trust. Just be sure that I can be trusted. Therefore, I wasn't looking for the fault or racism in them. I just needed to be sure there was no fault or racism in me. I shared a podcast last year, one of my first, entitled The Elephant in the Room. The proverbial elephant that Christians don't want to talk about is racism. However, as long as our father allows it and uses me, this will be the topic of discussion at least for the next few episodes. Race and racism seems to be a more difficult topic of discussion for white people more than others. Why is that? It's because no one wants to talk about or deal with what makes them uncomfortable. No one wants to be in a place or position where they feel they will have to defend themselves, especially when it comes to something that they had no control over. Racism was not, for the most part, something that this generation created or initiated. For every white person born today, it was here when they got here. It's been a part of our nation and the church from the beginning. But because something has always been there, does that mean it's right? Of course not. And that's where the problem comes in. But so many change is hard. But so many, their thoughts, beliefs, and even their actions are what mama, daddy, grandma, grandpa, and as far back as can be remembered, it wasn't racism. It was just the way things were. But some, they would like to say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But that's another problem. It is broke and it's beyond repair. So we need to tear it down completely. In the book of Judges, God told Gideon to tear down the altars of his father. He was given the command to tear down what his father had built up. God then told him to build a new altar to the Lord. We need to tear down what was here before us. The altars of the old church, along with its prejudice, bigotry, and racism, need to be torn down. Gideon was so afraid that he obeyed God, but he did it at night so no one would see him. In spite of his fears, yet he obeyed the voice of God and did what was right. When it's at the cost Of not only another person's comfort, but at the very cost of another person's humanity, the issues of right and wrong should never become a topic for discussion. Someone else's comfort at the cost of someone else's discomfort is always wrong. When it's a matter of one person being able to remain in and maintain a privileged lifestyle at the price of others remaining unfairly deprived, underprivileged, and destitute for that lifestyle, it's not right and it must be stopped. Let's deal with the elephant in the room. In dealing with that elephant, there will always be the what about isms. Those need to be done away with. When the discussion of wrongs and injustices of racism begin to bring discomfort, many, many times response will be met with, what about isms? Well, what about? I was speaking with a woman of God during the riots and trying to share with her, not the riots themselves, but because The riots were a symptom, but I was hoping she would understand the purpose or the cause of the riots. Sometimes it's like a fever, but if you don't know the origin of that fever, it could become detrimental if not treated the right way. Many things can cause a fever, anything from a cold to cancer. But you have to understand the purpose of the fever in order for it to be treated properly. In trying to help this woman to see the foundations, the purpose behind the riots, all she could say was, well, what about that poor old black man that they killed? What about isms? It's like a marriage where the husband and wife are arguing over money. Perhaps someone has a gambling problem and has overspent and continues to do so. When confronted with their overspending, they immediately respond with, Well, what about the time you burned the dinner? Or what about the time I put $20 in our savings account? One has absolutely nothing to do with the other. And even when it does, the two matters are on two entirely different levels. The purpose and subject of discussions need to be addressed and not avoided or shied away from just because someone is feeling defensive and uncomfortable. So how do you discuss the elephant in the room? How do you start a discussion on racism? It starts by talking about the obvious, admitting that it's there and that it needs to be dealt with. It starts with wanting to deal with it accordingly and not continually skirting around it. As long as people deny that there is a problem, that there is racism in the body of Christ, that it's rampant in the church as a whole, it can never and will never be dealt with. We all love the pastors that we are or were under, whether black or white. However, the time comes when certain things must be brought to the open. Jesus said, if you have a fault with your brother, leave your gift at the altar and go to them. Let your pastors and leadership know that the matters of racism need to be discussed openly And honestly, in an unclosed meeting among all of the members, go to them. It's something that needs to be brought out into the open if it already hasn't been done. Standing in the pulpit saying that we're all created equal is not discussing racism. Statements like, if I cut you and then cut myself, we both bleed red blood, is not discussing racism. Having someone stand next to you and saying, this person is no different from me because that person is black and I'm white or that person is white and I'm black, is not discussing racism. And racism needs to be discussed. It's those type of statements that have allowed the elephant in the room to remain untouched and is still blocking the way for others to come in. Here are some things that we need to understand when it comes to discussing racism. No one will discuss a matter that makes them the villain from the beginning. It immediately causes one to become defensive their defensive mechanism begins to rise up. No one needs to be or should be accused even if they've made their stand on the matter totally obvious. Discussions are not accusations. Secondly, we need to understand that it's hard for an individual to admit that what they've become accustomed to their entire lives was been a part of them and their entire race and culture for generations is wrong and has always been wrong. We must understand that racism cannot be discussed with anger and hatred. It cannot be done in one fell swoop. If racism is going to be talked about It has to be with people of intelligence whose hearts are open and have a willingness to see and accept change. It can only be discussed with other people who want to discuss it and not argue about it. Another point is never go into a discussion of racism believing that only white people are racist. The anger Hurt and memories of past injustices, injustices causes every black and brown person to be subject to their own forms of racism. Remember, also, this is not a time for what about isms. Look at the facts and how we've all been indoctrinated with a certain knowledge or acceptance of systemic racism. But how did that indoctrination come about? As a baby boomer, my early years of television, when a black, or as we would say back then, a colored person or Negro was going to be on television, it made the Jet Magazine. A black person on television was so seldom seen unless they were the med or buffoons until it would be announced so everyone could turn it on to see an intelligent black face on television that we all could be proud of. Going back to the early years of television, we were indoctrinated to believe that the white father always knew what was best. It really was a great life and that white women were just perfect in every way. The look that white women had was to be mimicked by black women if they wanted to be not necessarily accepted, but approved of by whites. It was because of these indoctrinations that black women began the practice of straightening, literally frying their hair with grease so it would shine and then be curled. The practice of having to all look alike was picked up and has been followed in many, many black churches and cultures as well. If you didn't dress a certain way, the way the women of that denomination dress, with the hats, the suits, and all of the rest, then you would look down on and not accepted. You were never allowed to move up into the cliques and become the best thing of all, friends with the pastor's wife. It's racism and prejudice when you demand that if someone wants to be accepted by your culture, they have to look like you. It's literally a form of genocide when demanding that people give up their cultural heritage and take on yours, not only to be accepted by your culture, but in order to progress and move forward in life itself. Next week, I'll be sharing part two of this episode entitled Kizzy, and I hope you'll tune in to hear again. Remember the purpose of this podcast is to provoke thoughts, open conversations, and bring change to the body of Christ. Please feel free to share with others, This is the Voice of the Prophet, and share with me your thoughts and opinions on these podcasts through text, email, or messenger. Until next Monday, God bless and keep each and every one of you.